If you're going to sell it and do nothing with the property or with nothing with the money because it's not working for you, then what's the point of selling? Even if you have the worst property possible, if you're not going to use that money to work for you, then never sell it. Why am I serving the property? We got about negative gearing a lot back in the days and it might work for some people as part of a larger portfolio. But if you're doing negative gearing as your only strategy, and you're living on bread and water until tax time, then something's not quite right. Hello and welcome to Help Me Buy Property Podcast. Today we are starting a new segment. Now this segment is us discussing various different topics about a lot of stereotypes in the property space and we are going to call it a myth or a bust at the end of each of these argumentative questions. Now, the topic for today's discussion is should I ever sell my property or should I hold it till I die? Now, before we get into that, let me introduce my co-host. It's Cheryl Leong. Cheryl, how are you today? I am incredible as always, Moss. Always keen to get into some really juicy topics, particularly because these things are, they come up all the time. Uh, and to be honest, like this topic around selling, selling a property, um, it came up just recently when we were selling one of our properties and someone reached out, a very, very experienced investor who I have a lot, a lot of respect for. And he said, you know, he said, always make sure that you are assessing and weighing up the pros and the cons of selling property. And so I thought, hey, you know, we should be talking about this because it, you know, is 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 it the long term that we should be keeping property till we die and that, you know, our grandchildren and great-grandchildren get to enjoy the fruits of our labor? Or actually, should we treat property as a transactional asset? So let's dive into it. That's amazing. And I think looking at it in a much more sort of quantitative fashion about you know what are the pros what are the cons and understanding when does it make sense for people to sell the property you know there is this massive saying in real estate that you know if you've bought real estate you should never sell it you should hold on to it for as long as it's possible and you should hold on to as many properties as possible right you talk to these you know really old school mentality of property investing you know typically that's where you hear the most important point here before we go into pros and the cons of the you know holding or selling the property is making that statement that the bank debt is finite right it's a it's a very important point that you know you are not going to be the golden child to the bank forever which means that there is only so much debt that the bank would give you it, you know yes you know people portray that you know they have 30 40 50 properties but you know these are people who are running super cash business they're getting a lot of income from that business. And so, of course, you know, they are the golden child to the bank and they go out portraying that, hey, we can buy 30, 40, 50 properties or whatever that means or whatever that looks like. And so today we are not going to talk about that 1% or 0.1% of people. We are talking about normal everyday Australians. We're not talking about me or even you in this typical sense, right? We are talking about people who are, you know, earning $100,000, $150,000 a year, you know, they would potentially buy four or five properties in their lifetime or maybe eight properties or seven properties in their lifetime if they, you know, have the right strategy in place. But they will fall into this dilemma of, 
like I am going to upgrade my property or so should I sell it or should I rent it out, right? Basically, that's the typical question that a lot of people go through in, the, in their cycle. And so let's kick off on the cons, you know, rather than starting on the pros this time, let's kick off on the cons because I think the cons are very interesting when it comes to, you know, selling the property. And that's what everyone talks to, you know, uh, in invest. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the big glaring cons of selling property, particularly in Australia, is the cost of selling. I mean, the transactional costs you've got, you know, your agent's fees and we're selling property at the moment. So you've got, first of all, things like getting the property ready for sale, say if you had to do any renovations or whatever. Then you've got potentially the fact that you've got holding costs because potentially it might not be well, it might be vacant, so it's not occupied, it's not rented. You've got the cost of agents fees in terms of marketing, and so agents fees in marketing. And then you've got the cost of agents fees when you actually sell the property. Oh my goodness, that the it keeps going. And then then you've got well, if it's an investment, then you've got your capital gains tax. So I think I've just talked myself out of selling property now. <laughs> like. It costs a lot to sell property. Yes. And don't forget the holding cost, right? You know, if you're doing something to the property and, you know, it's going to sit on the market for one month, two months, three months, because a lot of people don't know how long the property is going to, you know, sit on the market for. People do have unrealistic expectations when they are selling properties, right? You know, people are not like selling cars or trading in cars that, oh, yeah, I'm getting a new car. So, you know, the decision making is a lot easier. And selling the house, people have this emotional attachment to the properties. And so... You know, there is massive three to four months of holding costs attached to it because you might sell it in three months and then the settlement for two months. And so you're almost looking at five months before the, this property disappears from your property portfolio. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got the transaction costs and those are hard, are hard costs. And you've got then in terms of, well, if you're going to sell something, more than likely you want to be able to use that money or whatever equity you've got to purchase another property. So on the flip side, you've got re-entering the market in terms of purchasing another another asset. And so you've got stamp. You so you've got you know the big one there is stamp stamp duty, and you know in New South Wales there if they've pushed across that you can spread that across for land tax, but but you know majority we've got a big chunky bit of stamp duty there so again the transaction costs that are involved and then there is you know people if you're buying investment properties then there would be buyer's agency fees you know there would be all of these costs for discharge and recharge and registering of title and insurances and you know all of these costs basically accounts conveyancing kicks in again when you're selling and buying so there all of these costs are basically transactional costs typically in selling the property right uh, the worst thing is if you sell the property and don't do anything with the money, a lot of people sell the properties and keep the money in the bank account because they feel that, you know, money in the bank is a lot safer or, you know, at least it gives them that pleasure that they are rich. Um, naturally, you're losing out on the equity growth. You're losing out on a lot of that opportunity cost side of things too. And so selling has a natural negative connotation attached to it. You know, people don't want to sell the property. Even if they've made a bad decision about buying the wrong property, they would still not sell the property, right? Because they're like, ah, oh, you know, I've, and you know, from, from my perspective, right? Every time I think about selling something, it'd be like, ah, oh, 
I'm going to use this money, go back to the bank, get the loan again, the documentation, you know, that comes with it, right? The hassle, right? The convenience that you, you know, you have to let go is a big inconvenience, right? So it's amazing that, you know, a lot of these cons play to your emotional side of you not making that call on, on selling a property. I've seen numerous number of times where people have put something on the market and then they'll be like, oh, we are getting a good tenant, you know, and they'll pull it out. It happened to me once in Adelaide where there was this vendor and I was convincing her to sell a property, right? And so this is, this is a true story. I was convincing her to sell a property almost a year and a half ago and she was ready, right? So she did everything, fixed the house and we were 10,000 away from making a deal. And so I came in an extra five and I said, look, it's $5,000, let it go, let's sell it. And so she's like, no. And so she, literally she was emotionally attached to the property, right? And so she put the tenants in, didn't sell. One and a half year later, a month ago, I'm still talking to her and be like, hey, did you sell that property? She's like, no. And do you want to sell it now? And she's like, oh, no, I've pushed the rent up. You know, maybe I'll think about it. And then the real estate agent convinced her. And as soon as she has spent the money on marketing, now she's like, okay, this is some cost. Now I need to sell this, right? And so she ended up selling it. So took one and a half year of her, you know, making that decision because there was an emotional attachment to that particular property. Did the value of her property go up in the meantime? It did. It did. 100% it did. And, and it's funny, like, uh, when we were first buying their property, I was offering her 380 and she so she was hamstrung at 385 right? And I kept convincing her, look, the interest rates are about to rise. They're about to rise. You sell it now and, you know, make a quick buck. You don't sell it and, you know, it would be crazy. And she was very convinced, right? <laughs> she was very convinced. And so she asked me point blank as to, okay, so interest rates are, so why are you buying it? Like, you're asking me to sell it. And it was an investment property for her. Yeah, why, why are you buying yeah. it? <laughs> and I said, look, you know, from your perspective, you've, you've, you've got the, that, the, the growth, right? She bought it at like 180 or 170. And so I was like, you know, 380 is a good number. You know, you've, you've doubled it in, you know, almost eight, nine years, 10 years. So you've got what you wanted out of the property. You know, I have an investor who is keen. I made up a story about, you know, I have an owner occupier who wants to live in that area, loves the school. And she was like a bit, Oh, this area, Salisbury is not a good school. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyways, <laughs> uh, when I went back to renegotiate, so before it got listed, she said, yeah, I'm ready to sell. So I said, look, I offered you 380 and you were sitting at 385. How about, you know, I'd be generous and I'll offer you 390 and we call it a deal. And she sent me a laughing emoji and she's like, Boss, you were so far away from the market. Like, you know, are you taking a Mickey out of me? And of course I was, right? Because I knew where the market was. You know, the market was clearly well over 450, 460 at that time. And so she sold the property at 450. I didn't buy it, of course, because, you know, you know my price point was clearly different. We have moved out of that suburb. But yeah. So what? So was she emotionally attached or was she actually quite savvy in her decision. Look, I mean, I personally feel that, you know, a, an emotional attachment got her in getting the growth out of the property, right? There would be a lot of people, like proper real estate agents who would convince people to sell it, right? And so that assessment that you talked about at the start of the conversation, that you need to make an honest assessment, whether you should be selling this property is the most important thing, right? 
if you're going to sell it and do nothing with the property or with nothing with the money and then you know because it's not working for you then what's the point of selling right regardless of whatever even if you have the worst property possible if you're not going to use that money to work for you then never sell it even if you have a tiniest apartment anywhere in australia right or or a house in mining town right? because the money in the bank account is basically shrinking by 5% or 6% or the inflation right so at least in property you know your money is protected and inflation proof right you're hoping that you know the property market doesn't go back in the area that you bought the property at but you know that's the view of the world and i think that's, that's the biggest con well was the second one the first is the transaction cost the second one is going you know what if i'm missing out on the equity growth because if we know you know properties that were purchased in the 1920s 100 years later they've gone up right so you sort of go well i hold on to property long term it's got to go up right so that's the biggest con of potentially missing out on any sort of those that equity and capital appreciation and it worked both ways right i think people hold on to the wrong invest non-investment grade properties thinking that it's going to go up right uh, and because there is such a big transactional cost attached to it people don't feel comfortable making that decision because they're like what if i sell in and if the market turns and you know th- this particular market grows by like $200,000 or gives me a 20 30% growth right that but basically stays at the back of your head asking you not to sell the property because the market might turn right what i say to people even if you don't have the micro level data available to you if your property hasn't performed in at least one or two property cycles right and everything else around you has performed like the whole suburb is performed but your property hasn't performed there is something definitely wrong with your property right and so kill that emotional attachment because nothing is going to happen to this property to magically you know become a million dollar property from a $300,000 property right i have a client um, who bought in ringwood in 2016 i always use this story as an example they bought a property in 2016 for $680,000 sold it in 2022 for $690,000 ringwood in 2022 on a 900 square meter block was close over a million dollars right that's how much growth has happened through ringwood and so they were attached to it they're like oh ringwood is great suburb but hey it's a non investment grade property right you're next to power lines you're on a slopey block you're next to freeway you know you're a corner with a lot of slope and retention and retaining and you need to understand that you've picked up a dud so get rid of it right it's not going to do anything for you right yeah right Yeah, bad feng shui. Bad feng shui all over. Yes. 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 And Ringwood is is and look I mean it's an Asian market, right? And so you need to understand your local market. Like people are not going to buy here, right? And the the funny thing is that for that exact reason it's bad feng shui. <laughs> <laughs> the the funniest thing is that they bought this property well before they were our client and so when I attended the auction there was only one person there which was me. and the agent was trying to get me to bid on that auction and I was like wait a minute i'm here to just watch the auction i'm not here to make a bid <laughs> you please buy it yeah it, it it's interesting how emotionally people get attached of not selling the property let's talk about the pros what are the pros of selling property well there's the fact that if you've had fantastic growth in the property 
and there you could realize the growth. And if, if it looks like it's gone to a point where it's maximized its growth, you know, being able to, to access that equity that you can use to reinvest and create a higher yield of that property. Because it, it could potentially be that it's gone to the point where the yields aren't particularly great for that particular property or the fact that potentially that you're it's not getting the valuations that you would probably need if you were to sell you would sell it for more than it probably is valued particularly if it's more a unique type property you find that that's the case and what I'd say as well the pros of selling property like if it's hugely negative geared and there's not a lot of growth Right, you talk about the dud properties, and it's not investment grade. You've got to ask yourself the question: Is it actually adding value to my portfolio in any way? Yeah, 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 hundred percent. I, I I don't disagree, and I, I think I'll go one step forward, and I'll say for people who can't access their equity because you know the bank lending is depleted, or you know there is no more lending available. And they can create bigger returns out of that money that is stuck in there as equity. And they know that there is no more growth coming out of this property than 100%, right? You know, sell it, cash out, realize the profits. Yes, you might be exposed to capital gains tax. There are ways to manage that if you've done it in the right structures. But use that money, reinvest and create better returns for yourself. A lot of people don't think past the capital gains side of things, right? They say, oh, I, I get this money and I'll be taxed by 30% or 20% or whatever that tax rate looks like. And they stop there. Well, that's not where you stop, right? If I am going to make a net of $100,000, but I can invest somewhere in 12 months and make that 100 into 150 or 200, you know, rather than just sitting there doing nothing for that property to do nothing. And especially if it's negatively geared, then yes, that's the pro of selling the property. Basically, you're creating bigger returns for yourself, right? From my perspective, I think the biggest pros of selling the property is all about its high best use, right? So a lot of people don't think about property from a high best use perspective. Um, a high best use of the property is that, you know, there is no more exit strategies available for this property. Typically, for example, development sites, right? You have developed the property, you've created townhouses from this. These townhouses would not grow in value. No matter how much people say that our townhouses will grow up in value, but they would not grow as fast as a normal established house with the land component in there, right? And so if a property is at its high best value, then your natural in in intention should be to, you know, basically sell, realize the gains and move on and basically do the next project or, or you know, move on with your strategy. A lot of people hold on to these townhouses typically because either you know they've done a wrong project and there's not a lot of money into those projects and so they don't want to pay gst for example or that impacts of gst basically takes them into a loss making situations for example so there is all of those circumstances which keeps developers from selling their stock and they always keep that residual stock because you know it's not worth it and they want to catch that little bit of growth on these properties so yeah, it's 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 important to consider some of these things that, you know, if your property is at its high best use, then selling it makes a lot more sense. And if it's not going to grow at least annually by 6%, then, you know, move on and do something better, you know, create better returns than 6% from your cash that you're going to get back. Yeah, and I'd say that, you know, we need to look at it overall 
and consider, right? And, and I, I'm I'm always of the mind, it's not my first choice to sell property. And the way that I would normally look at it is, have I explored all the different ways to maximize the property's value, the property's returns, and all the different options that we've spoken about before, like, you know, whether it's a conversion, whether it's whether it's co-living, whether it's, you know, can you put dual occupancy on the on the site? You know, we talk about highest and best use. What else can you do with the site? Like, and if you've explored and exhausted all those options, but yet you're still left with the that, then you really need to be able to to look at your overall portfolio and see where its purpose is in your portfolio. So it does come down to the whole discussion around what is your long-term strategy? What is the strategy and what are your needs, your long-term needs? And one of the things, when does it make sense to sell? So one of the, a really good example might be, you know, you might have been someone that's accumulated property, a portfolio over the last 10, 20 years or so, but you got to the point where you're like, actually, I think it's time to sell down and pay down my debt, right? And so then you have debt-free income on your properties. And so that's one strategy where you go, that probably makes sense. But it might not for everyone and it's going to be be something that you need, you know, individually at each stage of your life be able to understand, am I accumulating or actually am I starting to to actually consolidate my debt? Definitely. And especially like people who are coming closer to their retirement age. And I'm, I'm using that word very carefully, retirement age, because it could be any age that you're planning to retire. And you're thinking more about passive income versus equity growth, right? And so it makes sense for you to sell a portion of your property portfolio and divert more towards cash flow strategy so that you can create more cash flow for yourself so that it becomes more sustainable, right? Or for people who have been catching significant equity growth for quite some time with higher interest rates coming through, it makes sense to deleverage yourself out of you know some of these highly negatively geared properties and create more cash flow so that you can create more sustainability to your property portfolio. And yes, you know, in the short term, you might have a bit of pain and the cons that we've talked about, but you have to look at from a longitudinal perspective that you know it would be beneficial because you're now you're correcting and remediating your property portfolio. The most important thing that I say to my clients all the time is that understand that a property doubles in price on average, right? Between 12 to 15 years. You know, the 6% growth that everyone talks about, Australian average, is basically your property doubling in price every 15 years, right? And so if your property has delivered 80% growth in the first six to seven years, then it makes sense to cash out, use that money and go back in and do that again in the next six to seven years. And so what you're doing now is you're you know, taking that 300, making it to 600, and then now you're using 600 to convert it into $1 million, right? Versus you have 300,000 that you're keeping for 15 years and would still become 600 in 15 years, right? So it's about catching the growth quickly as well. And so the opportunity cost is, yes, you might have a bit of transactional cost involved, but what you're now doing is you're using that nature of compounding and catching, being closer to the growth curve, being closer to the growth cycle a lot quicker. Uh, because everyone knows there are prop- markets within markets. In 
Australian property market. And that's the beauty of it, right? At any given point in time, there would be markets which would be rising and then there would be markets which would be contracting. And so if you can come out of a contracting market and sell it at a good price and go back into a rising market, then you're, a, you're always would be a winner, right? So, you know, that strategy is very important as well from a selling perspective. Yeah. And I think when it makes sense is also if you've got a property which is really sucking out all your funds and it's impacting and it's impacting your lifestyle and how you live, like you really got to consider that to be able to go, is it really serving? Is it really serving me or am I serving or am I serving the property? You know, we got sold about negative gearing a lot back in the days and it might work for some people as part of a larger portfolio but if you're doing negative gearing as your only strategy and you're living on bread and water until tax time then something's not quite right i think that's a very valid point i think people are sold into this phenomena that okay you want to hold on to your negatively geared property for as long as possible so that you can get that payday in the future right and that plays back to your emotion as well because you have invested so much like negative gearing into your property you're not ready to let it go right uh, imagine if a property is costing you like $30,000 or $20,000 a year to hold and you've been holding holding it for 5 years you're you're all of a sudden not only invested by your deposit in the property at say 20% but you have invested over invested an extra $100,000 into that property as well and so you know naturally people start thinking about okay you know, how do I make that lost money in negatively gearing? Yes, there is a tax benefit, but still it was a loss, right? And so how do I recoup that? And in order to recoup that, they keep doubling down, right? I call it, you know, gambling it on the red all the time, you know, next cycle on the red again, next cycle on the red again, right? So they keep doing that in anticipation that cross fingers, you know, I'll hit the jackpot one day. Um, so, yeah. 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 And I guess, Ben, is there anything else that you reckon that we've we've missed before we start to sort of sum it all up? I think ultimately, if you think about buying or selling properties, right? Or, or, you know, if you sum all of these things down about, you know, should you ever sell a property? The first and the foremost question is, is there an exit strategy available for this property? So, you know, while it's important question to ask when you're buying this property, it's an important question to ask when you're selling the property as well, right? If there is an exit strategy available, then go down that path and explore that opportunity. You know, if it if that means that creating more yield for yourself, uh, if that means you know, uh, subdividing it or even plans and permits. You know, use that scenario to create a high best case for you, and then take an exit. You know, if the exit is imminent and you need to take an exit, just make sure that you are taking it to the fullest extent. Where I see a lot of people making massive mistakes is that they shy away from spending an extra fifteen or $20,000 on the property and leaving a lot of money on the table. They'll, they'll leave like fifty dollars to $100,000 on that table. I'll use this as an example. I was out in my local suburb looking for a property because you we were planning to upgrade, right? And I was trying to look for like really, you know, ugly looking properties, right? So that, you know, I can drop the house and build something there for myself. And so I saw this house on a 600 square meter block where the owner has actually spent close to about $30,000, $35,000 on that house, right? In renovating. But they haven't done enough. So their kitchen is still terrible. You know, they haven't thought about, you know, how the spaces work. Their bathroom tiles are still old. And so my natural question to myself was, 
they're leaving money on the table. Like they're asking for a you know, million dollar for this particular property, say for example, but they could have easily asked 1.3 by spending an extra 40 or $50,000. That, that is just like, it cringes me when people do that. Like, yes, of course it was a good deal for me, but you now why would you do that? You know, when you're, when you're actually doing the renovations anyway. Yeah, yeah. And so it's little things like, well, no, I say little things. I've, I've seen many times where a bit of renovation, a bit of investment has a return on investment on a sale. So, but not everyone looks at it that way. You know, there's, there's, there's obviously the costs in terms of renovating the time and, and we mentioned all the holding costs and everything. And quite a lot of people just don't have the appetite for that, which then provides an opportunity for people like you and I to do, who see, you know, the the ugly duckling, and are able to then go actually with a little bit of lick of paint, a little bit of this, a bit of that, we could actually create quite a quite an attractive property. So I guess, most in in conclusion, whether whether you're selling a property or you're looking to keep it long term, I think we've mentioned it a few times. It needs to be part of a longer term investment strategy and you need to really look at your financial goals, your own risk tolerance, your circumstances surrounding the property. You know, uh, uh, people might have family that, that need that property for whatever reason and evalu- evaluate the cost, evaluate the cost, the returns, the, the broader sort of your broader investment portfolio and create a spreadsheet if you're, you're so inclined if you if you don't quite know, like speak to someone who is in that space and can crunch some numbers for you and can help you through that evaluation. It's it's you've got property consultants, you you've got your your financial advisors. Make sure that that it's overall a consideration of your long term plans as well. So at the end of the day, I think it's not going to be a one size fits all. That's a very good summary, Cheryl. I think you've nailed right to the head and this is an amazing look, sort of close where people are emotional on not making some of these decisions. And so if someone can help you make that decision for you, you know, I always say, you know, putting the putting the gun on someone's back and shooting it so that, you know, you have someone to blame to because you made a decision, you know, and you're, you know, your fingers crossing that, you know, someone has made the right decision for you. You're so dramatic sometimes, Ross. <laughs> No one's shooting anyone. No one is shooting yeah. anyone. Right. Yes, definitely. And look, I mean, if yeah. you have stories about you selling your property, please do share in the comments. Thank you for listening to us. Share your stories. Happy investing. Stay safe. Keep smiling. This is Moss and Shell checking out. Adios. Ciao. Bye.